It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or AM 1260 WBIX, the business buzz. If you're listening on Sunday nights, remember we're on Sunday night, so you can tune in then as well. Uh, the programs tend to run a little bit behind, so you get to hear something that's been on a while ago. Uh, Coming up today, we have a few things going on. We're going to be talking to Brad Scott of Scott Volkswagen about the Providence Auto Show. And, you know, when we talk about auto shows, we have auto show tickets to give away. We'll be doing that in a little bit later in the program. We'll also be reviewing the the Fiat 500X, which is sort of a small wagon. And we'll have a trivia question based on that Fiat. And and a few more updates about what was going on in the auto show. So we have a lot of things going on today, as well as... um, some of the headlines that were in the news, the automotive news this week. So a few things to talk about. And uh, also some of the things I did this week and some of the things I saw this week. One of them was if you are if you are using your vehicle to carry stuff on the roof, ladders, mattresses, whatever, make sure they're properly secured. I saw somebody that had a... Uh, small SUV, and they had three ladders and a piece piece of wood on top of the roof of their car, and one of the ladders took off. Now, fortunately, they had one rope or something tied around the back of it, so all it did was slide to the back of the car and kind of hang off the back of it, but if you are going to, if you are going to use your vehicle for carrying stuff around. Uh, a couple things that I've found out work really well. One is that if you um, if you care about the roof of your car and not scratching it, go get a um, one of those egg crate mattress pads. You can buy them all over the place. They're foam and they look like they look like the inside of an egg crate. Cut it to fit the roof of the car and a little bit more so it hangs off the sides just a little bit. And that will keep things from sliding around. It works good because stuff doesn't slide around that way. It also protects the roof of the vehicle against damage. And if you're going to tie stuff down to the roof, I found uh, ratchet straps work really well. And they're, they're so inexpensive today. You can get a, a ratchet strap with 20 feet of, I don't know, inch and a half uh, nylon uh, strapping and what you do is you whatever you put on the roof throw the strap around the around it inside the inside of the car with the doors open of course 
uh, snug it up so it's not going to go anywhere, put another one on the back door so it does basically the same thing, and then close the doors. So now all of a sudden you get the doors closed, everything fits good, every nothing's going to move, and you have a good way to carry things. And because um, the uh, the egg crate foam's a little flexible, you can, you know, if you're carrying whether it's a sheet of plywood or something a little bit odd shape, it tends to hold it right in place. So, you know, that's a that's a good that's a good way to do that. So it works out it works out pretty well. So uh, if you are carrying something, be a little bit careful. I also on my Facebook page uh, or actually on Triple A's Facebook page, I recommended the same thing. So a little tip of ways to carry things. If you don't have a trailer, even if you have a, a roof rack sometimes, roof racks, a lot of them are more for looks than actually carrying anything, and they make it a little hard to carry things. I know my own car has the crossbars on the roof rack, and I find out they work best when... I take them off, and I don't use them at all, because then stuff sits in between the racks, so it works out really well that way. So, it works out good. With us on the phone is uh, Brad Scott of Scott Volkswagen in Rhode Island, and uh, Brad, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program here in Boston. Good morning, John, and thanks a lot for having me. Well, it's uh, it's that time of year. It's auto show season. I was in I was in Detroit a week or so ago. I was in Boston a week ago, and now Providence is coming up next weekend, right? Yeah, that's correct. It's uh, next weekend. Uh, no football. Got to say, no football. Uh, the twenty seventh to the twenty ninth. Um, it'll be uh, Friday from noon to ten. Saturday from ten a.m. to ten p.m. And then Sunday, which is Family Day, uh, will be from ten a.m. to six p.m. And, you know, one of the things, and I always say this about whatever auto show you go to, the best thing about the auto show is you buy one ticket and you can sit in 250 cars if you want. Yeah, no, that's one of the best things about the show. It's, it's a, a stress-free environment. There's nobody there to bother you. and You get to see pretty much every make and model. This year we're going to have some really cool classic and exotic cars there as well. Um, so we're really excited about it. I think it's going to be one of the best shows we've had in a while. And, you know, this this year, whatever auto show I go to, it seems to be an awful lot of stuff about safety. Uh, you know, all the latest safety systems, they're all starting to hit the road now, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, Volvo or Volkswagen or, or GM or whoever the case is. They all have safety systems now, don't they? They do. You know, I, I drive some of the newer demos of the Volkswagen. Some of the safety features are really incredible. Um and so you'll be able to get educated on, on some of the new blind spot information systems, night view assist, cross traffic alerts, um, some really really neat uh, features that are that are coming out down the pipe. And you know this this night view system, you know it sounds pretty uh, you know pretty uh, science fiction like, but those systems those systems are really good and they really enhance vehicle safety. Yeah, they really do. They they're using these new forward facing infrared cameras uh, that are just it's, it's, it's mind-boggling, you know, some of the features that these cars have now. I mean, we're pretty close to, to getting to the self-driving, you know, systems. Well, you know, one of the things, and I stole this line from somewhere, I read it somewhere. I said, you know, not everybody wants self-driving cars, but one of the things about self-driving cars, at least something's paying attention on the road. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen I've seen too many people doing weird stuff uh, on my commute to work every day. So uh, there's a there's a lot of a lot of things that I, I think somebody with a self driving car probably in a lot of cases a little bit a little bit safer. But there's also a couple of um, test drive experiences too, where people can actually go down and and drive some cars out on the street, right? 
Yep, absolutely. There's going to be uh, two test drive centers, and I believe it is, uh, let me just double check, I think it's uh, Toyota and um, another brand that will be doing setting up test drives just outside the uh, center. And uh, let's see, who's the other, the other brand that will be there? Um, oh, it will be Toyota and then Chrysler, uh, Dodge, Fiat, Jeep, and, uh, and Ram. We'll all be out there test driving vehicles. So great opportunity to sit in some of the, the new 17 and 18 models and get a feel for what you, what you might like and uh, start your shopping early. And you mentioned something about um, Family Day. That you know, if you if you have kids and you want to go, there's there's stuff like uh, you know things that you don't expect. You know, face painting and they get balloons and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember as a kid growing up in the in the car business, we used to go to this every year, and it was one of some of my greatest memories was going to this show and just having a blast with with my family. And you know, it's a, it's a great way to get get the kids out of the house on a Sunday afternoon and uh, go and have a lot of fun. And yes, there, there will be. All sorts of children's activities, like you mentioned, face painting, balloon art, um, lots of different stuff for them. And and the convention center where it is, you're you're you know a short walk over to the to the mall, and you're right in downtown Providence. So for people who maybe don't get to Providence very often, there's a whole there's a there's a whole there's a whole city there to experience. Oh yeah, Providence has really come a long way over the last few years, and it's a really fun fun town to check out. So for people who might be coming from the Boston area or out of town. Uh, I definitely recommend it. It's, there's a lot of great restaurants. There's a lot of really neat buildings and sites to see. It's very walkable. Um, people will have a great time. And uh, the other thing, uh, because this is a this is the show is actually put on through Motor Trend. Uh, uh, let me get this right. You buy you buy a, you buy a ticket or two tickets to the show, and you get a Motor Trend subscription. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so tickets are uh, twelve dollars for adults, uh, nine dollars for seniors. Students uh, under 21 with an ID are $8, and then all children under 12 are free. And with every ticket, uh, you get a, a, a free subscription, 12-month subscription to Motor Trend Magazine, which is another another bonus. In addition to that, there's also, I believe, Hyundai is going to be um, having a contest where you can actually win one of their new hybrid vehicles. So it's uh, there's definitely, you know, you never know, throw your hat in the ring and you might go out of there with a brand new car. Somebody has to win. I, I was I was talking to a guy who's uh, uh, who owns a repair shop, and one of his guys actually won won a Hellcat. Wow! Wow! <laughs> that's, yeah, hey, it's somebody has to win. And you walk out of there, yeah, exactly. yeah. You can't win if you don't play. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know you're you're a Volkswagen dealer, but you're a car guy. Is there is there stuff that you look at and you go, wow, they did a really good job with that? Uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of mind-boggling because so many of the manufacturers and so many of the new products that come out today, quality-wise, styling-wise, are so far, I think, ahead of, of where we were five years ago. And I'm just kind of continually amazed by, by most of the vehicles. Certainly, I'm partial to some of the new VWs coming out. Um, but, uh, you know, all of the brands really have got quality vehicles and some really neat styling, and it comes down to a matter of preference. But um, you know, I'm I'm generally continue to be impressed by the by the industry and, and some of the innovations they they make every year. It's it's it, you know, there's a lot of stuff. So I think if you uh, you know, it really comes just down to your preference. So and this is an opportunity to come down and look at over 250 different vehicles and you know, sort of narrow down your search or just if you like to check out the new cars. Uh, you know, they're all really really nice. And obviously, I, I would say that 
I like the VWs the most. But well, that's uh, my personal opinion. Well, that's what you should say, after all. <laughs> you know, and let's and let's talk about Scott Volkswagen for a while. Um, you know, Scott Volkswagen. Uh, you know, Volkswagen deal. You guys been around for a while. A family-owned dealership. There isn't too many of those left anymore. Yeah, yeah. We're we're, we're very fortunate. We've got a, a great uh, staff people that have worked with us for a long, long time, and that really uh, is everything in a dealership. And um, my grandfather got into the business in 1948. We acquired a Volkswagen franchise in 1960, and about five years ago, I've been in the business for about 16, 17 years now, about five years ago, my father and I uh, purchased a piece of property on Taunton Ave, and um, we uh, moved our facility from Newport Ave to 777 Taunton Ave. And onto a six and a half acre facility, making us one of the largest dealers uh, in New England. And uh, business has been good. You know, we we hasn't been without our struggles, but um, you know, we we can't complain. We're very fortunate. Yeah, and uh, you you have to wonder back. Um, you know, in 1960, when your grandfather got the Volkswagen franchise, how many of his friends are going? What are you nuts? Yeah. <laughs> Well, he was an old World War II vet, and he was in overseas, and he, he first saw Volkswagens overseas in Europe, and when he came back and, and saw the opportunity for Volkswagen, he, he jumped on it. He, uh, he thought those Beatles, you know, the early Beatles for the price, and he was right, and it was, uh, it was a good move on his part. I'm very, very happy and fortunate to, uh, to be a part of this family. And the last time I was at your, your dealership, you guys had a pretty cool old Volkswagen there. Do you still have that? Uh, we've got a few of them. Yeah, that's kind of a, a hobby of, of mine. I really like the old, uh, the buses in particular. In particular. Uh, we've got a 1961 uh, 23 window Samba bus that sits on our showroom floor. That's sort of our, our gem. Yeah, uh, isn't, isn't that a, thing worth like a billion dollars or at least 80000 no, or something? Huh. Not not quite that much. I'm not sure what it's worth today, but it's, they certainly have, have appreciated and value uh, very well. So, uh, who knows? Maybe someday that'll uh, pay for the kids' college education. Who knows? <laughs> if I can sell it, I don't think I'll sell it. Though. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of those things you want to hold on to. It's fu- it's funny. I have I've always had a soft spot in my uh, kind of heart for air cool Volkswagens, and um, I was driving along down Cape Cod one day, and there was a an oval window Volkswagen. So whatever vintage that would be, uh, you know, and I and I looked at it, and it's just kind of sitting there in someone's driveway, like they drive it. Fairly regularly, and I'm like, this thing's got to be early '60s, maybe. So you looked at that, and you're like, you know, that's just that's just hanging around, just you know, as a as an extra car for somebody, and and that kind of stuff is always always fascinating when I see it, and I and I love that sort of stuff, and um, and every time every time I see a, a Volkswagen thing, I always look at it, and they they always make me smile. They're just they're just they were just cool cars. Yeah, and you know that's the cool thing about Volkswagen, the brand's history in the U.S. Um, has that sort of uh, happy uh, rock and roll 60s surf and sun and that's really what we try to do at our dealership we're, we're not your typical store we've got a lot of art from the 60s and 70s on the walls we've got a lot of cla- you know we mix the new cars with the classic cars and try to make it a real experience um, for people and a real destination for people I and mean, we have families local families that will come just to see the old cars and we've got a a giant fish tank that we had the guys from that show tank build for us and the kids just come in to look at the fish and i'll tell you you know it's my job to sell cars but you know when i see families come in just to come see the fish in the old cars it really warms my heart and really makes me happy and, and i uh, i really enjoy just having a, a destination for people to come and spend some quality time and i'll throw this out there too you're also a triple a approved repair shop 
So, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's the other part, the other part of my life there. But anyway, it's, you know, it's, you know, you look at, you look at cars and you look at how, you know, Volkswagen's got some great products. Uh, you know, my wife drives a, a, a Volkswagen Beetle convertible. Um, you know, they're, they're just, they're, they're fun cars. The quality, the quality, uh, interior quality, especially you look at, you look at Volkswagen compared to some of the other competitors and Volkswagen's always done a good job of just being that much ahead of where everybody else is you get inside the car and they just it just feels like a quality product when you sit in it and it's just it just makes the experience that much better um but you know you, you can't help but you know you look at you look at even the the uh you know the the concept car of the volkswagen uh you, you mentioned Volkswagen bus. You know, Volkswagen may, in fact, come out with a, an electric bus. And that thing, that thing, if it if it looks anything like the concept I saw, that's a pretty cool looking little bus. It's a very cool looking bus. We can only cross our fingers and hope that it gets put into production. You know, down the road a bit. But uh, that that something similar to that design has been being kicked around for quite some time. And in my experience, you know, watching some of these these newer models uh, come to fruition. That's sort of how it happens. You know, there's a design that gets floated around, and it's a yes, it's a no, but this design's sort of been around for a little mm. while, and, uh, you know, who knows? I think it's, uh, it's, you know, going down the electric route is the future, and um, I think that would be a, a really marquee car for the brand. So let's hope they build it. Yeah, and, you, and you know, speaking of electrics, you have, a, you have an electric Golf, which is a pretty cool little car, too. Yeah, the, the e-Golf is a really neat little car, and uh, it, 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 it's just phenomenal in the way it handles and it drives. And, uh, you know, some of the, the programs we have available, you can get into that car for, for very little money. And it's a great, you know, we pitch it sort of as a great second car. If you're in the city, you know, you've got your car to do your road trips in, but if you're just commuting locally in the city, it's a, it's a no-brainer. You know, you're, you're, you're holding costs, you know, you have no fuel costs, it's uh, under warranty, so it's a it's a wonderful car. Yeah. And they did a really nice job with it. And and golfs aren't just all uh, you know nice economy cars. You you guys still have a hot rod golf, huh? Yeah, that's actually what I what I'm driving now. Uh, I have to be careful because I tend to go too fast <laughs> for them. But it's uh, the Golf R is is uh, is a very special car. It's I think the nicest handling vehicle on the road today. I've driven it and stacked it up against Porsches and. Audis and BMWs and you name it, and I still think this Golf R just—it will blow your mind away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're the last one I drove. Fantastic car. Well, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, help but ask. You know, there, there are people out there who have uh, TDI Volkswagens. They're a little confused what to do, and um, uh, you're, you're there to help your TDI customers, or I guess any TDI customer, with what's going on with the recall and everything now, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we, we're limited in what we can do and what we can say because this is a, a, a federal court action. But uh, I would say that the first place to go is to VWCourtSettlement.com where all of the official uh, programs and process uh, information is. Uh, however, you know, we've been helping a lot of our, you know, some of our, our older customers or people who just aren't that tech savvy or, you know, understandably they've been having some glitches with the system so anybody i would i would extend the invite to anybody who needs help or wants help just to swing by our showroom just about everybody on our showroom floor at this point is pretty well versed in sort of walking people through the steps to get registered online and you know we can we can make a phone call we've been helping a lot of people just kind of get through the process because it's a bit of a process but 
I'd say it's a it's a great deal they're getting, and uh, hopefully it, it does it goes a long way to try to you know repair the damage that they did. Yeah, um, and and there are those people out there, and I and I've talked to quite a few of them to say I'm not giving my car back. I love my diesel. Yeah, we've got a, there's actually a surprising amount of people that have made that decision, and we just last week got the okay or the government gave the okay to begin making the first round of the repairs for the 2015 models. Uh, so that's a two-part repair. The first is the software update, which we can actually do now. Um, so I would say for anybody who's opting for that route, make sure you have gone on to the website to register and, and choose the vehicle modification as opposed to the buyback, because mm-hmm. we're not allowed to touch the vehicle unless somebody has gone online and registered. But if, you, if uh, anybody's out there who has done that, they can make an appointment with their local VW dealer and go in and have that uh, first round of the the fix uh, performed. Yeah. Do you have any idea where the where they when when they get purchased? Do you have any idea where they go afterwards? Uh, well, right now uh, Volkswagen is picking all of the vehicles up and taking them to some type of a holding facility. Yeah. Uh, we we don't quite know yet yeah. what's going to happen beyond that. We're hoping they're going to resell them back to dealers so we can you know get them back out yeah. on the streets to the public. Because I mean, you know, they're they're beautiful cars. That's the the real shame in all of this that the cars were so good, uh, it's just unfortunate that they, um, that they lied. And, yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah. you know, but like you said, you know, if, you know, for somebody looking for a practical vehicle, the, the, the Golf um, Sport Wagon or, or, or Jetta Wagon with the TDI in it, and, and if you're one of the few people that wanted to go out and buy it with a stick shift, they're a ball to drive. Yeah, oh yeah, they they had a lot of lot of low head torque. Uh, they really got up and, and, and got going. And uh, no, we love them. I was a big big proponent of the diesels before all this happened. I I you know I was left with mud on my face. I told all my friends to buy them. I was selling to my family. We all drove them, and uh, obviously we were all left uh, you know fairly embarrassed by this situation. And you know, but I hey, I got to give Volkswagen credit. They're, they're they have done everything they should have done to make things right. And, uh, you know, you got, you got to forgive them and, and, and just, yeah. uh, no. you know, and they still build great, build great products. Yeah. That's the, the saving grace is they, they've always built great products and they will continue to yeah. do so. And, so. and importantly, importantly, I hope they're taking care of you, the dealer, at the same time because you guys, you guys kind of had a little bit of a flat spot, although you have some great products out there. And, uh, and I think, uh, I think I read something about in the last couple of months, uh, overall, Volkswagen sales have been really good. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. All overall, we had a good year last year. You know, the whole industry had a great year. Um, you know, Volkswagen nationally had their struggles, but uh, they did. They fared a lot better than I think a lot of people expected them to. Um, us as dealers, I know we had a better year than we expected to. So um, I think a, a lot of people, you know, judge them based on their products, mm. and uh, they build good products. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're happy with that. We're happy that they've stepped to the plate and they're doing the right thing because that goes a long way. Yep. To the dealers and the customers, they're doing the right thing, and that goes a long way to, to, to making amends, you know. And, you know, I think I think Americans in general are very forgiving if uh, if you do the right thing. Yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. So um, so maybe on my way back and forth to the auto show, you never know, I might come in and hang out and check out your fish tank and, and, oh, I'd and love, your stuff. I'd love, to, I'd love to have you. I've been listening to you for uh 
for, for a lot of you know a lot of years. So I uh, I would love to, to meet you in person and have you come down and give you a tour. Yeah, yeah it'd be great. Hey Brad, thanks a lot. The auto show coming up uh, January twenty seventh through the 29th at the Rhode Island Convention Center. Always a good time. The folks from the auto show gave me some tickets to give away, and we're going we're gonna be giving those away next. So uh, thanks, and and have a great rest of the weekend, and go Pats. Yeah, go Pats. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks. All right, you take, take care. care. Bye bye. That was Brad Scott of Scott Volkswagen. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills when we come back? We have a car review to do and tickets to give away. And how are we going? How are we going to give them away? All you got to do is call and ask. How about that? No work. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. If you want tickets to the Providence Auto Show, give Karen a call. She'll write your name down. I'll put them in the mail on Monday, and you'll get them as soon as the post office delivers. As soon as uh, Johnny Costello picks them all up and mails them out. We'll be right back. Denton Lots, senior pastor of Tremont Temple Baptist Church, invites you to listen every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. for a word from the pulpit of Tremont Temple, right here on the Spirit of Boston, 950-WROL. You're also invited to enjoy warm worship and fellowship every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the sanctuary of Tremont Temple, 88 Tremont Street in Boston City Center. Tremont Temple's podcasts are available 24-7 at WROLradio.com and WEZERadio.com. I work hard all my life, six, sometimes seven days a week. My wife's always saying we need a vacation. I said, you know what, honey, you're right. So I went to talk to the City of Boston Credit Union about their vacation loans. They have great rates, great terms. Now we're off to a great vacation. For rates and terms, visit cityofbostoncu.com. Equal opportunity lender. Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. Hey, I'm Brant. So there's this guy named Jordan. He's a healthy guy. He's a dad of six, and he works as a guide in Alaska. And he goes to the doctor, true story, he goes to the doctor, and he's diagnosed with cancer stage four. And here's the thing. He had switched earlier from medical insurance to MediShare, where Christians share each other's medical bills. So the question for Jordan and his wife, Jenny, was, 
is this actually going to work? Our medical bills exceeded $160,000. MediShare members shared all our bills. And it was about more than just the money, too. This is a real community. MediShare is, is a family, a group of people that stick with you through the hardest times of your life. I just don't know how I could have done it without MediShare. It's so worth looking into. There's a reason this is growing so fast. So if you want to find out more, here is a number for you. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or AM 1260 WBIX. We'll let Karen rest a little bit. She's exhausted from taking down people's names and addresses. Uh, but, oh yeah, she spent the night at the museum. Night at the Science Museum. Did you see the, did you see the lightning exhibit? No, they didn't no, they, that. They, well, they, they, it would probably scare kids, though, because it's really, really loud. Yes. But it's cool. In fact... The lightning exhibit is a basis for a car trivia question. Not today, though. I want to talk about the car that got me here today, and it is the uh, Fiat 500X. And the Fiat 500X is a small kind of wagonish-like vehicle. It comes in several trim levels. You know how most car companies have XL and XLE, your S and SE, not Fiat. Fiat has the Pop, the Easy, the Trekking, the Lounge, and the Trekking Plus. Um, don't know why they like cool names, I guess. So, and there are two engine choices. Uh, they're connected to either a six-speed manual or nine-speed automatic transmission. Uh, unique in this category, there's all-wheel drive version of the vehicle. Our road test was in the 500X Lounge with all-wheel drive. The 180 horsepower four-cylinder engine provides decent power. It makes merging with fast-moving traffic or passing pretty hassle-free. Um, I would like to hear a little more exhaust noise. Uh, Fiat has the Abart version of one of their cars, and uh, I think it would be neat to have that. But do they? Does Fiat have that? Now they said that? Yeah, I think so. Um, but anyway, a little more exhaust note would be good. The interior is pretty comfortable. Most controls are simple and easy to use. Uh, this is a... Um, this, is, this has... Uh, knobs and buttons and things, rather than having a touch screen, which you can. It does have a big touch screen. does have navigation and so forth. Uh, but it has a volume knob and a station tuning knob because I have ADD or something. So I'm constantly I'm constantly changing radio stations and going from AM to FM, and, and it happens to have satellite radio in it. So over to satellite radio. This morning, I think I was listening to AM, FM, satellite radio, back to FM again, back to AM. And then back to satellite radio again. So I was all over the place this morning on the way here. And, but that's, and it does have steering wheel controls, but kind of the more natural feel for me is 
to reach over and turn the knob, and that's what I like to do. And even the steering wheel controls, they're on the back side of the steering wheel for the radio controls, and somewhat practical, but it's just not exactly what I'm looking for. And I, I like having both, and but I like having real knobs and buttons rather than full touchscreen. Uh, the rear seating is a little tight for adults, but not as tight as some other uh, cars I've been in about the same size. So they've managed to get a little bit more space in it somehow. Um, cargo storage is quite good, rivaling that of a small SUV, which in theory it really is. Our test car had a full complement of safety features, uh, such as lane departure warning, blind spot, and cross-traffic alert systems. I also like the keyless remote start, a handy feature on cold mornings. There was a couple mornings that uh, it was a little bit chilly, a little bit of snow on the car one one morning this week. And uh, it was nice to stand in the kitchen, hit the remote start button, have the car run. And uh, it was set up to actually turn the steering wheel heater on and the seat heater on. So you get in, the, the wheel's warm and the seat's warm, and kind of a nice thing. Uh, I I have it set up so I know when it starts it beeps the horn. Good for me, bad for my neighbors at 6 o'clock in the morning, but sorry about that. Um, the bottom line is the Fiat offers a cute alternative to some other small small all-wheel drive vehicles. If you're looking for an all-wheel drive vehicle, the Fiat is just, it's a little bit different. It's, you know, the the only thing that's sort of close is uh, something from uh, something from Mini, but uh, this has just a little different style to it, a little different look to it, and just kind of a kind of an interesting thing. So, um, so if you want a, a vehicle like this that stands out in the crowd a little bit, a little bit different than every other car out there, uh, so you don't, you know, if you're, you know, if you look at a small SUV or some other small five-door uh, wagon, like a week or so ago, I was driving the Ford Focus five-door. Decent enough little car, but there, there's a few of those on the road. And then you look at some others; there's a few on the road, but you don't see many of these. And if you like, if you like the idea of having something a little unique, it's it's kind of fun for that. Uh, base price of the 500X, and this is the 500X Lounge with uh, all-wheel drive, was $27,035. Our as-tested price, uh, just a little over $33,000. So cars cars are not getting any cheaper. And that I had this discussion with someone uh, from the... Um, from actually an automotive research institute this week and said to them, you know, at what point we're putting... Uh, Better emissions controls in vehicles. Cars are getting better fuel economy. Um, there's going to be more choices in what powers cars. Uh, you know, we want to get up to the point where, you know, cars are going to get the this uh, high cafe mandated fuel economy, which is good. The better fuel economy we can get, the better it is, and still be able to do it with decent performance. But all of these improvements come at a cost. And at what point... Does the public finally say, "I can't afford it anymore"? And and that's the same thing with um, you look at you look at some of the creature comforts inside cars. You, know, I, I want all this technology. I want to be able to sync up my phone, and I want my phone apps to play in my car, and I want a backup camera, and I want blind spot monitoring, and I want infrared technology they're all fantastic uh cross traffic alert systems if you've ever had a small car and tried to back out of a parking space between a couple of big suvs and you can't see down either side but the infrared or the uh or the sonar technology does that for you that's a, that's a pretty good thing and if you and if you happen to be in a car that actually you'll go to back up and it will stop 
You can override it, of course, but it will stop because it knows if you're going to continue to back up, you're going to back into somebody. Well, that technology is pretty amazing. So you look at all of that and say, I love all the technology, but what at what point does my $25,000 car become a $40,000 car, and is the public prepared to pay for that? I think that's been one of my fears is at some point the public is going to just say no. And but I don't know. I, you know, it has it hasn't really yet. So we've given away a bunch of tickets to the auto show. If you have a car question and you want to call in, we want you to do that too at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. How many tickets do we give away? So we've given away. Oh, we have plenty more. So if you want, to, if you want tickets to the Providence Auto Show, and that's coming up, that's coming up uh, January twenty seventh through the 29th. So if you want to go check out the show uh, down in Providence. So if you're you're saying, well, Providence is kind of far. It isn't really far. It isn't really far. In fact, you know, from where we are here in Marina Bay, you're just getting, you just get on the highway down 95, and uh, you're just uh, finding the convention center, bunch of signs, easy to do. Like I said, you can you can make a day of it because you can go to the mall down there. You're not that far from Federal Hill. You can go check out some of the some of the great Italian restaurants out there. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of things in a lot of things in Providence. If you haven't been to Providence in a while, this might be just the excuse you need to get there. And then you can drive by my work on the way. So, if it's on uh, if it's on Friday, you know, stop in and say hello. Maybe I don't know. But anyway, so six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is how you get through. If you want to talk to us about car questions, car problems, maybe you're thinking about buying a car, maybe you just want to chit chat. We'll talk about just about anything on your mind. Um, Except politics. We don't do politics on this show. We'll leave that for somebody else. But uh, you can uh, you can call in and talk about essentially anything you want. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030 is how you get through. Let's talk to Peter. Peter. Uh, yes, sir. Um, I'm having trouble with my miles per gallon in a 2015 Subaru Forester. Okay. All right. Uh, the window sticker when I bought it new in 2015 said, um, I think it was 2632. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm getting 1822. And getting a real runaround from Subaru, the first thing they say is, well, the window stickers for comparison shopping only. The next thing they said was, well, um, it's broken in at 3,000 miles in spite of the owner's manual saying 1,500 miles. Yeah, I don't even, honestly, I don't even think it's broken in at 3,000 miles. I, well, that's the yeah. next I then said, I don't know who told you it's 3,000, it's uh, 5,000. Yeah, next I, I said, well, wait until 10,000 mile service when you get the air filter changed and all that. Yeah, I, my personal experience is a lot of new cars today don't fully realize their fuel economy. And I had this uh, conversation with somebody who I steered in the direction of a Honda Civic back a couple years ago. And she said to me, gee, I'm not really getting the gas mileage I, sh- I, I think I should with it. And I said to her, you know, how many miles do you have on it in the time? I think she had 1,500. And I said, I said, wait till it's got five or 6,000 miles on it. And... 
at about five or six thousand, she was pretty satisfied with the mileage. When it was up around nine thousand, she said, "I'm doing better than the window sticker." Okay, well, I'm at ten thousand, and I'm still stuck at eighteen. Still, still stuck there, huh? So, do I have any recourse? I, I just had a ride with a friend who has the identical car, and he says, "Oh, I get eighteen." Hmm. You know, well, and uh, so. Uh, you know, the paranoid part of me just thinks, so, you know, this is another manipulation like Volkswagen did. Well, you know, the first the first thing I do is, um, as far as mileage-wise, are you going by the digital indicator inside the car? No, no, no. I'm uh, I mean, more or less correlates, but no, I uh, okay. track, fill it up, keep track of yep. it down. Okay, good. Okay, because sometimes I find those are... Sometimes they're optimistic, and sometimes they're in the other direction. So, yes. um, and I can and I can kind of understand why you know that happens sometimes. But um, the other thing, the other thing I would do, and I would ask the Subaru people to do, is say, "Hey, look, I want to have an actual mileage test performed on my car, where they will actually." Uh, they have a set procedure to figure out how many miles per gallon the car is getting. Um, in winter weather, you know, anytime we switch over to winter fuel, and here's here's part of the, the, the EPA mileage number issue. Um, states like Massachusetts and most of New England that use reformulated gas, and that's probably half the country these days, you can expect a little bit of drop in fuel economy, 1% or 2%. Winter gasoline, you can expect another... Three to five percent. So now, all of a sudden, you're six or seven percent off what the what the EPA number is. And right. EPA number is an average too. It's you know it's uh, you know it, you know the you know the big number gives the little number takes us away kind of thing. If you look at the fine print, it says uh, you know here's the average, but it could be as low as this or it could be as high as this. So then what then what happens is I would also go on um, go on the internet to the um, to the fuel economy website where it lists all the different EPA fuel economy numbers. And then there's a section in that where you can actually look and see people have actually put their own mileage numbers in. So you can actually see what other people are getting for it, just so you know that, you know, uh, I like to know that either I have a problem or I don't. If it's if I find out that 15 other people have exactly the same issue I do, well, it's either that either means there's a widespread problem or we're all in the same boat, and it's more of a characteristic kind of thing. So I would I would look at that. But most importantly, I'd say to the Subaru people, look, I'm not getting anywhere near the fuel economy as should. I don't warm up the car in the morning when I go to start it. I don't let it I don't let it run for 15 minutes and get zero miles per gallon. I don't drive it 100 miles an hour. I drive sensibly. I'm easy on and off the gas. I don't drive with my foot on the brake. Let's let's get Subaru engineering, let's get their Subaru uh, fuel technical staff to come out and do a fuel economy test of the vehicle and find out what kind of fuel economy this car is really getting to rule out the thing that makes the biggest change in fuel economy, and that's you, the driver. So, you know, you know we'll, we'll assume that you're a good driver, but they won't. So let's rule you out of the picture. So let's measure, you know, measure a gallon of gas, Go for a thirty-mile ride and run out of gas, and find out if you're really getting thirty miles per gallon or not. And if they are, well, then unfortunately that goes back to you. And if they aren't, there's something wrong with the car. And then now let's try to figure out what it is. Let's figure out is it is it a over-optimistic window sticker, or is it that 
the coolant temperature sensor is a little out of calibration and it's running the engine colder than it should be and or it's, or it's telling the computer the engine's colder than it should be and because of that it's adding more fuel or it's taking away more timing advance or it's it's um, letting the injectors run a little too with a little too rich so let's find out let's find out where the real problem is just to, just to kind of scratch your head and say oh you know you know they don't get the mileage the sticker gets that's not a good answer get see if you can get Subaru to get their field technical staff involved in your car how many you have 10,000 on it now Yes, I do. Yeah, so you're well under, you're well under, you know, you're well under, you know, your full warranty. But I would talk to the dealer and say, look, I, I, I really, I really have a concern here. I want to make, I want to know what the problem is, if there is a problem, and can we get your field technical staff out to look at it? Okay, I guess that's my next step. Yeah, that's that's about yeah, that's about the only thing. You know, I look real quick just to see. I don't have the most up to date. You know, technical service bulletins and computer updates and all that sort of stuff. Because I, the, the company I use um, is a third-party vendor. We don't go; it doesn't go directly to Subaru. But um, there doesn't appear to be any kind of an issue with, you know, something that's out of out of whack um, with addressing that one particular issue. But you know, can new cars have a problem? You know, every. I won't say every new car that I've personally ever owned has been back to the dealership for something to get it fixed, but a lot of them have, and you know that's you know that sometimes happens. So again, could it be an oxygen sensor that's a little out of whack? Could it be a coolant temperature sensor with a lot of whack? Is the timing not advancing when it should to try to maximize fuel economy? There's there's a bunch of things, and I remember the last Forester I drove, which was the current year, the my my mileage was right on the money again i do about 80 percent highway 20 percent city but it was it was right in that 32 33 mile per gallon range um well i would i would love that i mean i, I had a you know the, the frustrating thing is that i'm a moderate driver from my opinion and i was getting better gas mileage in my 10 year old subaru that i traded in well that one was all broken in right what's that that one was all broken in yeah, so what? <laughs> but I mean, to buy a brand new car, a ten-year newer car, right. you get worse gas. No, you you would ex- you would expect. I mean, I guess it would be no different than. Although I was wrong about this, no different than when I, uh, you know, uh, a bunch of years ago, put a water heater in my house, and I, you know, went to the aisle and it said good, better, best, most efficient, and I bought it, and then. Uh, and then I had to replace it about 10 years later. I did the same thing, went to the aisle, went good, better, best. I went, how come this one uses more energy than the one I just replaced? Right. You know, and it did, you know, that sort of frustrated me at the same time. Um, but that, that website is fueleconomy.gov where you can actually, you know, look and see, and you can see what, you know, kind of what real people are doing with their mileage as well. And sometimes that's people that are bragging, and other times it's people that are complaining. So, again, you, you have to take that with a little bit of grain of salt. But, but yeah, your your car, you know, your car should get should get somewhere near. And, and uh, you know, I like to say it should get, you know, within 10% of the fuel economy. I would be happy with yeah. that. Yes, sir. Yeah, that, you know, that to me seems like a, a reasonable expectation to be able to be able to do that, so, but uh, but that's I guess that's just me, but uh, but that you know that that's what I would want to see, and this isn't 
This isn't the the turbocharged version. Just is just a no, regular, regular four Yes, sir. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I again, I, I would expect it to get, you know, somewhere, you know, uh, you know, I, like you said, it's what twenty four city thirty one highway or something like that. As I remember, it was twenty six thirty two, but. Um, but, you know, way off the 1822 that I'm Yeah, thinking. Yeah, I'm looking. I actually just pulled it. You said it's a 2015, right? Yes. Yeah, 2015 uh, non-turbo uh, automatic transmission, 24 city, 31 highway, 27 miles combined. So okay. you, should, you should be getting in that. You know, 20, range. 24, you know, average, you know, little highway, little city, little highway, little city. You should be in that, you should be in that range somewhere. Uh, well, thank you for your time. Okay. I, uh, it's better than, I was about to just say, well, I'm screwed. Look no, I, you know, I, again, I would try, I would try to talk to the deal. I mean, 18 is way off from that, so, um, you know, I, I would, I would try, I would try to talk. You know, the, uh, I, the, it has the, um. What they consider uh, my miles per gallon. So this is where people kind of enter in their information, and the my miles per gallon average is twenty-seven point nine. So you know you should. I would. I would think you wish you should be somewhere in the twenty-five mile per gallon range. Um, well, yeah. um, you've given me hope. I okay. Your time. All right. Good luck with it. Okay. All right. Bye bye now. 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Why don't we do a trivia question and take a break and give away more tickets to the auto show if you want them. So trivia, you'll win a prize. I don't know what it is yet. There'll, win, there'll be some kind of prize. And you'll also, yeah, I'm going to force auto show tickets on you too. So you'll get those in the prize package. So you can give them away if you want. And this is a Fiat-based trivia question. The original Fiat 500 launched in 1937. It was one of the smallest cars in the world at its time of production, measuring 127 inches in length, 50 inches in width, 54 inches in height. What was the Italian nickname for this car? And for you Italians out there, it literally translated into Little Mouse. So what was the Italian nickname for the Fiat 500 when it was launched in 1937? Why don't we take a quick break, pay some bills. If you want to join us with trivia or or pick up a pair of, or more than a pair of tickets to the auto show, 617-770-3030. Uh, pretty easy. All you got to do is just ask for those. But if you have an answer to trivia, the original Fiat 500 launched in 1937. It was one of the smallest cars in the world at its time. And what was the Italian nickname for the car, which translates literally as Little Mouse? We'll be right back.
Honda Cars of Austin is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. A couple of months ago, I was out at the mall when out of nowhere, this guy backs up and wham. Don't worry, everyone was okay, but my car was totaled and insurance wouldn't cover it. So I'm a busy guy and I need a new car and I don't have time to shop for loan rates. Thanks to City of Boston Credit Union, I didn't have to. For rates and terms, visit cityofbostoncu.com. Equal opportunity lender. Dr. Denton Lotz, Senior Pastor of Tremont Temple Baptist Church, invites you to listen every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. for a word from the pulpit of Tremont Temple, right here on the Spirit of Boston, 950 WROL. You're also invited to enjoy warm worship and fellowship every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the Sanctuary of Tremont Temple, 88 Tremont Street in Boston City Center. Tremont Temple's podcasts are available 24-7 at WROLradio.com and WEZERadio.com. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800 518 4020. That's 800 518 4020. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. We said we were going to do some trivia, and the trivia question is, the original Fiat 500 launched in 1937. It was one of the smallest cars in the world at its time of production, measuring 127 inches in length. So that to me means 10 feet. Uh, 50 inches wide and 54 inches in height. So it's a little small car. Um, 
What was the Italian nickname for this car? Let's see if John knows. Yes, hi. Hi, hi there. Good, how are you? I think I may have the answer, and I think it's Topolino. Topolino. Now, oh. now, now, I'm saying, oh. yeah, you're actually right. Um, that means mouse in Italian, it's Topolino. Yeah, little mouse, little mouse, you're absolutely right. Now, now, Karen's too young to know this, but, you know, was Topo, Topolino any relation to Topo Gigio? Well, I guess it's close to Because wasn't, wasn't Topo Gigio a mouse? Yeah, he was. I mean, yeah. He yeah, exactly. There you go. He's a lot of fun. Now, now I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, you know, casting any anything here, but, you know, you got to be old to know that. Yeah, I remember Topolino, yeah. And there's also the Italian mouse, Capino Sulagila, with Lou Monty singing that song on YouTube. Yeah. My little Italian mouse who comes up from the cellar at night, dances around the kitchen, eats the cheese, and complains there's no Italian cheese. And if you want to get you, when you get drunk, I'm going to throw you down the bathtub. Yep, yep, yep. See, you know, you know more than me. So I'll tell you what, we'll put you back on hold, we'll send you out a nice prize, okay? Hey, how about the, how about the there is, but it's not available in all states. Well, you can get it used. I see them turning up on... Yeah, every once, while, every once in a while they're starting to turn up. In fact, I drove it when it first came out two years ago, and I thought it was a pretty good little car. Yeah, you, I've seen them recently in Craigslist. Yep. You'll find them. They nope. turn up now. Second nope. Hand. Nope. Not a lot of money. It's around six or 7000 they're going for. No, no. They're, 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 you know, that's just the thing. Some of the electric cars, because, you know, gas is still pretty cheap. So, you know, the electric cars have kind of taken a little bit of a hit. But, you know, anybody anybody who's got a little bit of common sense probably knows that gas won't stay cheap forever. So. Oh, I know. We'll see four five dollars. Hey, I just wanted to mention you had the Volkswagen deal on for all the people that wanted the Volkswagen in their life but can't afford one. There's such a thing, I believe, as a Volkswagen tent. I seen it on Amazon. It's around two or three hundred dollars, something like that. Looks just like a Volkswagen bus. Really? Yeah, looks just like a Volkswagen bus for a distance. You come close, it's a Volkswagen tent. Well, I see. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people, because they have such love for these for Volkswagen vans and all that sort of stuff. I've seen them. I've seen them as uh, you know barbecue grills, and you know people turn people turn them into you know they cut them up into you know the rotted parts all off of them. They weld them back together and make all kinds of cool stuff out of them. So a Volkswagen tent doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I, I actually want to go down to you know, I'm intrigued now to go down to Brad Scott's Volkswagen dealership. You know, you don't see a lot of these 23 window Volkswagen buses, and you know, I kind of joke with them; those things are worth a million dollars, but they're they're not worth a million, but they're probably worth you know a hundred thousand dollars. And who would have thought? And you know, it's and I, I was um, I was talking about Volkswagen buses the other day, and. Um, what was kind of what was kind of interesting about it was that everybody loves a Volkswagen bus. Everybody, you know, there's such romanticism about the Volkswagen bus. But the reality of them is they were slow as could be. You know, they blew over in windstorms. Um, they were they they weren't the most fun thing to drive. But every you know everybody you know remembers them so fondly, including me. You know, they were they were pretty cool cars. So, uh, but were they great cars? No, not so much. But stay right, right. But stay right there, and Karen will get down your address, and we'll mail you out something, okay? Okay, thank you. All right, stay right there. And I'll go and talk to Rick. Rick? Hi there. Hi there. Well, uh, you know, you talk a lot about black ice and, and cars. Well, one thing that uh, would be a good thing to remind people, so maybe not today, but uh, it's going to happen again in a few, few days or a few weeks, 
black ice on the way to your car. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it ended up in the, uh, the prone position. Uh, well, you know, it just so happens, last week when I was here, uh, and Paul Sullivan was not because he was out sick, um, I brought him a bucket of this uh, this new uh, traction additive that is uh, that is good for sprinkling it out on your slippery walkways to keep from falling down. So uh, he he has a he has a little bucket of it here. The problem is it's a it's a it's a twenty five pound bucket, so it's like exercise. So you know you have to you know so you have to carry it around. So, um, but um, but yeah, good point. And I actually thought of you the other day as I was getting gas. I was uh, I was getting gas the other morning. It was probably Wednesday morning, and it was a little chilly. I think it was probably twenty five degrees out. And I was thinking to myself, it was chilly until a guy in a uh, a Triumph ST pulled up next to me at the gas pump, and he didn't look like he was dressed appropriately for winter motorcycle riding. Well, the thing is, uh, I don't dress appropriate for window, winter motorcycle riding for one specific purpose. And my wife has suggested that I get electronic electrical gear. I want to be too cold to say, no, I'm not going to go out on it because it's, it's too cold. It's too cold. Because <laughs> that way, it's, it's, at that point, it's getting too dangerous. Yeah, it, you know, it was it was a little bit icy that morning. And this, you know, the Triumph ST is a you know pretty cool sport bike. And this was not, and this was not a young kid. This was a guy who had to be in his fifties. And the one thing I did notice he had when he put his gloves on, I did notice he had electric gloves because he, you know, had, they had a little button that he turned them on. So, but other than that, he was actually in. He looked like he was going to work in an office job. Well, the thing is that uh, you know, um, I've run into a few motorcycles, and they don't have. You know, four wheels. All they got is two. Yep. Well, that, yeah, uh, a, a guy I used to work with, I would see him on his motorcycle in some cold weather, and I'd say to him, hey, what are you doing What are you doing riding today? He's like, car's broken, which is as good a reason as any. I once ran into a car salesman that didn't own a car. He only rode a motorcycle. Yeah. How's that? I'm trying to think. Uh, I... Uh, Try to think who who that would be because I want to say I ran into somebody very similar to that once. So, hmm. But you're absolutely right. Good good tip of the week, Rick. Is you know black ice isn't just something you drive on. It isn't something that it's just on and off ramps. It's also a uh, you know a very thin layer of ice. It could be on your stairs. It could be on your walkway. It could be on your driveway. You know any place where maybe there's a gutter that uh, that uh, lets water run onto your driveway and it can get ridiculously slippery. And I know as I'm getting older, falling is becoming less something I want to do. Yeah, and that uh, I'm recovering from a sore shoulder. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Hey, Rick, okay. hey, always good to talk to you. Okay, All, right. All right, see you. Bye. Let's go talk to Mike. Michael. Good morning, John. Good morning. Uh, just want you to know I'm with you. Uh, the first thing I thought of was Ed Sullivan introducing <laughs> Topolino on one of the acts. But um, anyway, the reason I called was I was over at the... Lexus dealership looking at cars, mm-hmm. getting to them, and um, I noticed on the dash, excuse me, actually on the console now that I think about it, is a snow switch. Now, I understand all-wheel drive. Is there a snow switch for just rear-wheel drive? Because when I was reading the stickers, 
that's what I thought. One of them had it, and it was just rear-wheel drive, or I may just have misunderstood. No, no, no. There, there is a lot of times what happens when there is a when there is a snow switch button or a low traction button. What it does is it starts the car in second gear instead of first, so there's less likely to be wheel spin. And then the other thing it does is it limits torque a little bit, and then it also sort of fortifies the traction control system and makes it a little bit more aggressive in how quickly it works. So uh, even in a rear-wheel drive car, which is traditionally not as good as a front-wheel drive car in the wintertime because there's not as much weight over the wheels, um, by hitting the, the winter switch or snow switch or whatever it's called, you will get a little bit better traction because of it. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, I actually asked one of the salespeople that was walking by, and I said, you know, can you explain? And he said, yeah, it's only an all-wheel drive, and, you know, they can't know everything about everything. Yeah. So no, no. No, in fact, way back when, and I want to say the, you know, one of the first cars ages ago was when all of Volvos, you know, and not all of them, when well, most of them, I guess, were rear-wheel drive Volvos. They were one of the first ones to put this kind of winter switch in, and then you started to see it in some other cars, and even the when the uh, Dodge uh, Charger came out, and a lot of people bought them as rear-wheel drive, with you know, they had they had a, they had a winter switch that you'd push, and between the traction control and letting the car start off in second gear rather than first, you less wheel spin, so it did a little bit better. And in some cars, it may also, um, all cars today, since 2008 or nine, I think, have stability control systems to try to keep the cars a little bit more centered on the road. And it may also um, boost that up a little bit up to, 30 miles an hour or so so it may it may help position the car a little bit better on the road but yeah you can absolutely see uh winter traction buttons in cars with, without a doubt so that would be the akin to that button that's on the console or whatever that's that says off and that shows the, the kind of skid thing on yeah that that, that, the, that one's a little bit different because that's traction control traction control when on a conventional front wheel, rear wheel drive car, doesn't matter. When traction control works, what happens is you the, the tire with the least amount of traction always tends to spin. So if, you're, if, you have, if you have one tire on ice and one tire on pavement, the one that's on the ice is going to spin. Now, okay. if you, what happens when the traction control is engaged, it applies the brake to the wheel that's spinning, which forces the differential to make the wheel that's not spinning start to turn. So that's what that's what gets it moving. When you shut off the traction control, it lets the wheel the wheel with the least amount of traction spin. And people would say, well, why would you ever want to do that? Well, there's times you'd want to do it when you actually want the wheels to spin because you're you know you're you're uh, you know you're stuck on the railroad tracks and the train is coming. There's, that's the time you don't want the, the throttle to be limited. That's the time you don't want brakes to be applying. That's the time you just want to hit the gas, get the wheels to spin, and get moving before the train comes to hit you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of thinking about yeah. it, yeah. Uh, one last thing. Do you want to make a prediction for the score for the Patriots tomorrow, or do you... Uh... You know, you know I'm, I'm, a, I'm not much of a sports fan, so for me, my... My prediction is they're going to win. Okay. Okay. That's fair enough. <laughs> I hope your prediction comes true. Thank okay. you very much again. All right. Take Appreciate care. It. Bye-bye. I always enjoy the show. Thank Bye-bye you. now. Bye-bye.
617-770-3030, if you'd like to get through and talk to us. And still, we still have tickets to give away. We've given away a bunch, but the folks at the uh, folks at the auto show, uh, through their PR company, sent us a whole, as she said, I've sent you a whole bunch of tickets. So we have plenty to give away. So if you want to, if you want tickets, just give us a call. Talk to Karen. She will set you up. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. And say, hey, I want some tickets to the Providence Auto Show. And we will get them off to you. I'll try to get them in the mail on Monday. And, uh, and then it's up to the post office after that. So I've done my part after that. Here's an interesting idea. Will Mustang fans go for a hybrid? Of the 13 electrified vehicles Ford Motor Company plans to offer in the next five or so years, the Mustang Hybrid may be one of them. Officials at the Detroit Auto Show acknowledge Mustang fans are the most passionate and are quick to voice displeasure with even minor tweaks they don't like. Ford risks alienating diehard enthusiasts who prefer their pony cars with ear-deafening exhaust notes, gas-guzzling V8s. I don't know if they all want that, but for instance, the four-cylinder EcoBoost Mustang, I don't think did very well. And it was a fun car to drive. Uh, but executives are confident their fans will accept the new powertrain. We'll see. Uh, I think we're proven if the, you can deliver what they're really buying is a Mustang, affordable performance on top of that. It may actually work. He likened the acceptance of a hybrid to that of a four-cylinder EcoBoost or independent rear suspension, both of which were introduced in 2015 Mustang and been generally well regarded. Independent rear suspension, yes. Four-cylinder EcoBoost, eh, not so sure. Um, I, I drove a Mustang with the four-cylinder EcoBoost, and it was a very nicely balanced, kind of fun-to-drive car, but I don't see a lot of them out there. As we continue to modernize the vehicle, as uh, long as we stay true to what we're buying the Mustang to begin with, uh, he says... I think we'll do right by them. Ford has promised a, a V8 power from the hybrid. Well, there is something about a true V8, the sound of a true V8. Even though you can get lots and lots of horsepower out of a hybrid, we'll see. But then again, you know, their supercar, the Ford GT, is a hybrid. The Ferrari LaFerrari is a hybrid. Porsche's million-dollar sports car is a hybrid. So there are hybrids out there, but... Mustangs supposed to make noise, although those cars all do make noise. Uh, Ford officials say companies such as Tesla has helped condition the public to electrification as more than environmentally friendly technology. The world has figured out a way to take that technology and use it for performance. There is something about a loud, a proper loud exhaust, not one that just makes noise, but a proper loud exhaust to me that just sounds nice. Um... That way they'll use technology for the car. It'll be a fun-to-drive, performance-oriented car that will get good fuel economy. Uh, Ford will have to find somewhere to store the batteries, electric motor, and other additions to the powertrain. Uh, but their chief designer says it shouldn't uh, compromise the car's memorable design. Well, that's a real good point because there's a lot of extra stuff you need to put, or a fair amount of extra stuff, including the battery pack. So, And to do the battery pack and to do it right, you really should do... A bigger battery pack, so it's more it's more likely to get some emissions credits. So uh, 
We'll have to wait and see. And the other article I thought that was sort of interesting, why Honda left all-wheel drive off its revamped Odyssey minivan, the 2018 Odyssey minivan, which looks really nice, that uh, broke cover at the Detroit Auto Show, has a laundry list of new features, but all-wheel drive didn't make the list. Um, some expected it to, and I kind of didn't expect it to. Uh, Toyota does all right with the Sienna minivan. It's the only all-wheel drive minivan out there. But it's not a big seller in the Toyota market. And again, all-wheel drive in our side of the country, the you know parts in the snow belt certainly are important, but uh, we'll have to see. But according to this, um, Toyota's current Sienna, the top-selling minivan in 2015 and 2016, sells about 15% of its models with the optional all-wheel drive. Um, but none of it made it. But none of that made it worth it to Honda. We looked at it. One of the things we know is, in order to put all-wheel drive in, we're going to have to raise the vehicle. We're going to have to compromise the interior, according to the executive vice president of Honda. Instead, Honda wanted to focus on a flexible setup inside the Odyssey, which enables a myriad of configurations of the middle row seat and provides a key marketing tool to uh, to uh, counter the stow-and-go fold-away seats in Chrysler's Pacifica. Honda needed the interior, all the interior space it could. And, yeah, certainly they could have taken a um, uh, Honda Pilot all-wheel drive system, tucked it under there somewhere, but, yeah, they would have lost some of it. And what really has made the Honda Odyssey the van it is is because it does have a lot of seat flexibility, which really makes it unique. Um, and like they said, for somebody who really wants all-wheel drive, they have the Pilot. Uh, so the the 2018 Honda Odyssey does offer um, an all-new powertrain. It's got the Honda's built 10-speed automatic transmission. Uh, the one thing they they have to make sure they don't screw up is they have to leave the vacuum cleaner in the car. I've talked to more people that bought Honda Odysseys because of the built-in vacuum cleaner to clean up after their kids, clean up Goldfish and Cheerios and all the other stuff that ends up inside minivans. Uh, speaking of... Uh, Minivans, Fiat, Fiat Chrysler, we'll call it FCA, but it's really Chrysler in this case. They plan on keeping the uh, Grand Caravan as the new Pacifica wraps up, so that name's not quite going away yet. Uh, they're going to keep that Grand Caravan around for a little bit longer as it continues to um, work on the new Pacifica. And that new Pacifica in the hybrid powertrain it does about 30 miles on all electric power so it fully qualifies for $7,500 uh, emissions credit so if you were looking for a minivan and they are extremely well equipped luxury vehicles so if you look at one and you're like oh $37,000 is a lot of money for a hybrid minivan well, by the time you're done providing you can take the tax credit you're down about 30000 and that's the price of most Minivans today, like I said, cars are just getting ridiculously expensive. And uh, I think at some point we're going to see more and more cars that are really going to just be leases. I think we're going to lease more cars than we buy, which is already starting to get to be that direction. Why don't we take another quick break, and then we'll go to the, call, we'll go to the phones. But our phone number is 617-770-3030. We have a couple lines open if you'd like to join us. It's... 617-770-3030. We'll be right back.
Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. Hey, I'm Brant. So there's this guy named Jordan. He's a healthy guy. He's a dad of six, and he works as a guide in Alaska. And he goes to the doctor, true story, he goes to the doctor, and he's diagnosed with cancer stage four. And here's the thing. He had switched earlier from medical insurance to MediShare, where Christians share each other's medical bills. So the question for Jordan and his wife, Jenny, was, is this actually going to work? Our medical bills exceeded $160,000. MediShare members shared all our bills. And it was about more than just the money, too. This is a real community. MediShare is is a family, a group of people that stick with you through the hardest times of your life. I just don't know how I could have done it without MediShare. It's so worth looking into. There's a reason this is growing so fast. So if you want to find out more, here is a number for you, 844 Bible. That's 844-41-B-I-B-L-E. I'm from Boston, born and raised, and would never consider living anyplace else. About four years ago, my wife and I bought a house in our dream neighborhood. It was a little small, but thanks to the home improvement loan from the City of Boston Credit Union, we're now able to add on and stay right here in the place that we love. For rates and terms, visit cityofbostoncu.com. NMLS number 403469. Equal opportunity lender. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Boyd on the Cape. Any snow down there, Boyd? <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore? No, nope, almost all of it gone. Just a little bit on the, you know, the parking lot. Oh, okay. All right. Know, that kind of thing. It was stacked high. I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought you were moving to Florida. No, not, um, well, I am, I am moving there, uh, but only... You know, not, it's been delayed. It's been delayed. Okay. Yeah, it's been a little delayed. That's a little planned. But anyway, I've been, I'm not moving permanently. I'm just going down for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. How are you, JP? I'm all, I'm just fine. Okay, good. So what's up for today? Oh, a couple things. <clears throat> I don't know why. I get reading these consumer reports, you know, all the, 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 the periodical, the thing that comes out about yep. preparing 240 cars and, all, you know, all the stats. and all, It's kind of fun. Yep. Anyway, I was reading about the Sienna... Toyota Sienna, <clears throat> and uh, I've always been pr- very pro Honda. You know, they love their products. Oh yeah, so, yeah. But um, and the Honda 
is uh, I've driven one of the Odysseys, and it's pretty darn good. Yeah, hold uh, on. It's about 21 miles per overall uh, per, per, you know, per Yeah, mile. they're not they're not exactly a fuel economy champ, but you're no. but you're also you're also pushing a box down the road that That's you know. It. Yeah. yeah, they never you know minivans never have been because of the aerodynamics right. and the. <clears throat> Even though they don't weigh a hell of a lot, they're still about 4,500 pounds, something like that. Oh, yeah, there's still a couple of pounds, yeah. But anyway, it does pretty well at 21, anything over 20 with a mini. You know, uh, but uh, this, I was surprised to see that the Toyota Sienna um, has considerably more horsepower. It has almost 48 more horse um, and it's out of their V6 than the Honda's V6. Mm-hmm. So even the Sienna gets about 20 miles per gallon. I mean, per you know, twenty twenty overall, and and with the four wheel drive, one less at nineteen. But um, you know, the the Toyota Sienna must be must be faster accelerating because they weigh about the same. Yeah, but you know, you still have to you still have to look at it. It it is a little faster accelerating, but everything becomes incremental after a couple hundred horsepower. So yeah. you know, the difference in performance between a 200 horsepower car and a 300 horsepower car you would think with you know a hundred percent increase in horsepower um well i guess that's not the right math but whatever it would be um, <laughs> close yeah uh you would think it would be twice as fast well it isn't it's you know no, it's no. half a second as fast no and, but I, would, I, yeah. I i know you're you're right about that yeah. it's kind of interesting how that is uh um, you know the physics of all that. Uh, yeah, but, but I, hate, uh, I hate it when math, math, and physics, and 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 you know irrefutable logic gets in the way. <laughs> yeah, I've always been against that. Yeah, um, um, but you know the, the Toyota was close to three hundred horsepower, and I thought, well, it's got to be a little bit faster. You know, it's, it, you know, uh, but nevertheless, not that much. I'm sure. But no, we're and, talking and, minivans here. You know, but yeah, and and the same thing. You know, it has to do with gearing. It has to do with you know, speeds in the transmission, and you're still at the end of the day. You're still, you're still, you know, trying to drag a cinder block through beach sand. You know, it's still only going to be so. It's yeah. only going to move so smoothly. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know what? Um, I was listening to uh, to what you said earlier about sound. You know, the the top, the sound of an exhaust, yep. the tune. You know, the unique sound that a Ferrari high performance V12 mm-hmm. makes. You know, Ferrari is famous for that that note. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you have you ever? You know, I'm sure you've probably watched uh, a show, um, uh, the Actors Studio. Have you ever seen? Oh yeah, any, yep. yeah. Did you happen to see the one with um, Paul Newman on it? I don't. Probably. Yeah. Probably. You know, you know that at the end of the show, they uh, he always asks, um, "What is one of your favorite, favorite. words?" Oh, yeah, words, favorite. Yeah. Your favorite words and least favorite word, and then and sound and least favorite sound and that kind of thing. When he when he asked Paul Newman, the late Paul Newman, what what his favorite sound was, he said, "The sound of a high performance V8." Well, that's a that's a good answer. I was I was in let's say I was I was in your neck of the woods a couple weeks ago, and a what are you doing in the woods? I know, yeah, yeah, and uh, and a nineteen seventy Chevelle big block went by me. And it just had just the right sound. Mm-hmm. It wasn't loud. It wasn't objectionable. But it, boy, did it sound nice. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. They really have that something. You know, that's just special about it. Yeah, there you really know? is. Yeah, yeah. Well, boy, always a pleasure. Yeah, likewise. Right. And uh, thank you for the uh, car show tickets. Okay. All right. Enjoy the show. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Let's go over to Art. All right, hey, John. Hey, how are you? Very good. How are you? Good. 
Just get just getting over the plague here. Uh oh. So didn't so it isn't Paul Sullivan, so yeah. It's lasted since, since the first week of December. That's what it that's what I understand. that's what I understand is, you know, some of these people have had, you know, the flu and cold for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Oh, it's been miserable and the kids keep bringing home a new variety of it. Make them stop. It's it's, it's really horrible. Anyway, um so a couple of things. If you got, if you got a, a sure, yeah, time to address everything. Um, I'm basically basically when I talk to you about oil, so I guess let's jump right to that. Okay. You, you're familiar with the new cars taking lighter and lighter weight oil, right? Yep. And you know some of them, you know, like five W twenty now for the Accord and uh, zero zero W twenty in some cases. Yeah, so you got zero W twenty, for example. Is that like a thermometer? They're going to go down to like negative five W twenty pretty soon. i you know, it, that that was a question I joked with somebody about, and they said. We don't think so, but it becomes more of what that oil will do, not just the weight, but actually, like, GM has its own oil, the Dexrose oil, which was formulated to flow in General Motors engines in certain conditions. So even though the the the, um, the weight of the oil has a significance, it's also how it flows based on the Dexrose um, uh Indication. Same thing with Volkswagen. Volkswagen in some of their models has very specific oil. And yeah, you would think the SG API SG rating is fine, but there are some there are some little oh, bit yeah. of differences. So I, could, I yeah. can tell you a lot about that stuff. I'm no expert. There's a website that I've frequented in the past. I can't do it anymore with the kids around. But it's called Bob is the Oil Guy. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and that's just chalk. I mean, you you can just do BIO. G.com and the yep. same thing, but that, that, that's a wealth of information there. And, uh, yeah, so on a related note, I, I bought some uh, some Citgo oil on sale at Benny's recently, and it's rated for that dextrose, whatever it's yep. called. I, mm-hmm. I, forget the, I forget the acronym. Yep. And uh, But I got the full synthetic thinking, okay, well, that's going to be pretty good. It's a lot cheaper than Mobile One, and apparently there's different different uh, themes in the full synthetic it's not the same yeah there 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 are conventional oils that meets that meet synthetic qualifications if you will so you have to you have to look at that starburst thing you have to look at you know so is it an sg oil is it an sh oil you have to look at all of that you know and i um you know i was in walmart one day and walmart has their own brand of oil and I looked at it and I said, would, would, I, would I buy Walmart oil for my car? And then I yeah, went over and, and then I went over to the um, they, have a, they have a book on the shelf, you know, one of those material safety data sheets. So you know if you you know spill oil on yourself, is it dangerous, that type of thing. And I went over and read, looked up the Walmart oil, and it was actually made by Shell. And it says, oh, really? yeah, it actually says, it said at the bottom of the material safety data sheet, information provided by Shell Rotella. No kidding. So you know what that, well, you know, Walmart, Walmart might be a lot of things, but they're not, they're not an oil refiner. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. it was bought, by, bought from Mobile or from Citigroup. Yeah, or exactly. Yeah. So in this case, their, their full synthetic oil is actually a Shell product. And you're like, well, if it's a Shell product, it's going to be okay, you know. So, I figured 
because I, I used to buy the Walmart stuff as my as my main source of water oil, but I figured, okay, I want to buy a bunch of it because they could change suppliers at any time, and I don't want to be mixing brands. Well, that, that's that's a good point too. I try I try, even though you think of you know it should be the same, the additive packages can sometimes be different. And the more I learn, the more I learn about oil and gasoline, the more I get a little confused by it. And when I was sitting uh, a week ago, I was sitting with engineers from General Motors. That we were talking about how important it is to stay with the type of oil, even to the point where in the GM vehicles that have cylinder deactivation, where cylinders shut off as you drive to get better fuel economy, that really has as much to do with oil as anything else. And using the wrong oil in there uh, will clog up those little tiny passageways and can actually cause some real problems. The other, the yeah, other issue... A real com- compatibility issue, yeah. especially with the synthetic. Yeah. I don't and, think so, so much anymore. They, they, they say it's compatible with everything. Yeah, and the other, the other issue is they found out that people who drive, and this was in some of the later model GM V8s, people who drive just sort of breathing on and off the gas pedal. So they get up to 30 miles an hour and they just sort of easy on and off the gas. People drive at 50 miles an hour, easy on and off the gas. It actually causes an oil consumption problem because depending on what kind of oil it is, the oil control rings don't seat properly for people who oh, drive yeah. like that. So well, it's, you got to vary the RPMs. Yeah. you got to get the tachometer yeah. up there above 4,000. Know, every, every once in a while, it's a good idea. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Hey, before you let me go, can I get some car show tickets? Absolutely. Absolutely. Stay right there, and Karen will get down your address, and we'll mail them out to you, okay? Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, Art. There we go. Just like that. Look, and there's Paul Sullivan sitting right there. Right there. Art's a good guy. I think so. Yeah. Do you know Art? No. No? But he's, I mean, you can tell. You can tell. You can tell. When you're in radio for a while, you can tell people by their voices. You know, I'm, I... Now, he could be a serial killer for all we know, but... (laughs) I never thought so, but <laughs> no. he said he had kids. No. Um, that was really nice how he kind of slipped that question about the tickets at the end. I yeah, that's it. it's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I have a, I have a bunch. So. You um, and you got a, a big bucket out there for me. Thank yeah, you. I have a big bucket of stuff to keep your wife from falling down. <laughs> yeah, well, we need to protect her, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yes, yeah, we yeah. do. The, um, it's, I guess one of my things, and maybe it's short-sighted sometimes, I make Instant judgment of people when I by see, their voice or by, by their appearance. Sometimes or? both. Okay. Sometimes both, and and uh, to my own credit, I'm usually pretty accurate. Well, you know, I, you, know I, you get the if you're on radio for a long time, and, and this has probably happened to you, but somebody will see you, meet you, and they've heard your voice, but nothing but mm-hmm. that's the only thing they know about you, mm-hmm. and and um, so when they see you. I usually get some like you. You sound more handsome on the radio, <laughs> something like that. What about you? I usually, usually it's just uh, usually I'm just they're just faced with disappointment. <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> You're living in my world. Yeah, but I've I've pretty much always said you know I I have I've always set the bar at low expectations. <laughs> so you know anything above that, mm-hmm. it's okay. So, yeah, I know. I feel yeah, your pain. Yeah. yeah, but but it is it, it's one of those things that uh, you know, good or bad. That's kind of what I do sometimes. And um, but uh, and I think it's just from being around people a lot. You know, you, which is you know what what we do. And I, and sometimes you just size people up as soon as you see them, and that's yeah. what you get. One time, one time in my career, it was a while, a few years ago. Uh, I was in a restaurant with my wife, just the two of us, and someone at the next table said, "You're on the radio, aren't you? You you do the Irish show, don't you?" And I. I, you know, my eyes went like that. I said, um, uh, yeah. I could tell by your voice. I said, oh, 
There you that's go. Yeah. Happened one time. One time. One time in it. Yep. One time. And maybe uh, that's because we only have one list. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you just happen to run into them. Yeah. I, yep. I don't know. Yeah. And also, I want to thank the folks at the the men's club at uh, at the Fuller 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 Brush Company. No, Fuller something over at Blue Hills. Fuller uh, Institute. Apartments, condos, oh, condominium. Um, oh, Fuller, okay. Fuller Brush Hill. Rush Hill, Fuller Village, <laughs> Rush Hill, Rush Hill, Fuller <laughs> Village, something, something, but a great group of people over there, uh, uh, old friend of mine, John Romano, which asked me to come over and talk to the group, just a, a, a great group of guys over there, it was about 35 people, and uh, mostly guys, a few women, and we chit-chatted about cars for about an hour and a half, and I want to thank them for inviting me over. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Right.